Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going swell. We're back this week doing what everybody asked us to do yes. and craves a way too early Superflex mock draft. I think it's tight end premium as well, right? Superflex tight end premium. There you go. Rookie mock draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's a little bit different. We base it off of an actual mock draft that was done. So we will actually have landing spots to go off of here. So we will tell mm-hmm. you uh, the player that we picked, what pick they went in this mock draft and the team they ended up on, which does have a little bit of influence on these picks. Um, a little extra backstory, right? Yeah, a little backstory. We were talking about backstories just a little bit ago. Little yeah, the right. So <laughs> we'll get into that, talk mm-hmm. about that. Nerd episode, I do uh, have uh, a winner for the new league we're doing, Nerd 4.0. And uh, we'll talk about that. And we'll be continuing this mock draft for round two. Deuce. Into uh, the, the second show. So tune in for that or join the Nerd to get the show. There we go. A lot of good stuff going on. Download the Dynasty Nerds app. Before they do that, um, we just gave away $400 last, uh, yesterday. Look at us. Uh, <laughs> to our prize picks users. So generous. And we did two for two, which was two people win $200. And this week, we've upped we've upped our uh, match for this week only. We've decided to step it up a little bit as we get closer to the Super Bowl. Three for 300 Three for three. 100. So... Two people just won $200. We're going to give three people $300 on Price Picks. And it, if you want $300, it's that simple. All you got to do is go to Price Picks, download the app, use the promo code NERDS, which is very important. Like if you didn't you use the promo code NERDS at any point, you're not eligible. Now, this isn't just for new users. At any point, if you sign up for Price Picks and use the promo code NERDS, all you have to do is go on Twitter on Thursday. And look for the tweet that says, post your prize picks here for $300 and post one prize pick uh, over under that you put out there. One power play, whatever you want to do. Any any kind of action you have on prize picks. And we're going to pick three people and give them $300. Love so it. So check it out, prize picks. Uh, that's what it is. It's an over under app, right? You pick two to five players up to six now. So you went up to 25 times your bet. Uh, or action you have on there. It's just player props, NBA, NFL playoffs, college, any any kind of sport they have on there. You can mix the players and see where you come up on top. So I did some uh, weekend stuff with the playoffs. I did okay. You know, I, I broke almost even. Uh, those, some of those games didn't go the way I thought they would go, but right. it happens. Yeah, you know, no, I, thought, I thought Saquon Barkley would do a little better. Me too. I did. I thought that was going to be a little bit more of a game. I ended up like not even we – were, we were out at – Enjoying ourselves on a guys' weekend, and and that that game got largely ignored by like halftime. Oh, by halftime we were in the basement playing pool. Yeah, and exactly, I was already annihilated by that point. Yeah, last, last week I I crushed on that kind of stuff. This week I was uh, like fifteen Justin or uh, Jamar Chase yards away from hitting another five leg parlay. Oh, oh the burn! So get on there, do better than Garrett, do better than myself. Make sure you use the promo code Nerds. Post your picks, and we're gonna give three people three. Hundred dollars, so nice. So, you guys ready to get in this mock draft? Yeah. Okay. So, this is Superflex yeah. Tight End Premium. If you aren't aware of Superflex Tight End Premium, it means you do start two quarterbacks, so the quarterbacks' values get a significant bump, and tight ends get one point five points per reception for the you, most part. You can start a second quarterback. Yes. Most of the time, that's to. what it is. You don't have to. 
I've won a league without a second quarterback in the Superflex League. Who? You had some. You were rolling dirty everywhere else. Wait, uh, let me hear I lost some. a championship to a team with zero quarterbacks. C- come on. Dead serious. How did that happen? Yeah. Uh, you guys know uh, Michael Bauer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. From Dynasty Rewind? Yeah. yeah. Had, had the be- I had the best team in the league. My team was awesome. Especially once I heard a starting quarterback wasn't going to be able to play that it, week. It sounds like he had the better team. Well, clearly. Yeah. He actually did. Mm-hmm. It was one of those weeks where, like, he ended up, he had C- CMC and, like, one other guy, and they just went nuclear. Yeah. And, yep, I lost I lost in a championship with two quarterbacks to a team with zero. That's embarrassing. Yeah, it was rough. I do a lot in tight end premiums. I usually start two tight ends when I can. Yeah. Uh, and I was rolling the, the league I won. I was rolling Galt, Greg Dulcich most of the year, the rookie, going to be about 17, 18 points a game. So that that's the premise of this mock draft, which, you know, all our new leagues that we start are super flex tight end premium. And it, it's a new way that you see leagues trend to super flex tight end premium. Yes, I agree. So. That's what these picks are going to be based off of. And, you know, as, as I slowly dive into these rookies even more, for me personally, like, as I dive into this class, like, I don't, there's not a quarterback so far. I haven't dug deep into him enough yet. I mean, Will Levis is really intriguing. Um, CJ Stroud has some upside. Don't overlove him. Bryce Young scares me. Uh, the quarterback class is okay. But as, as I stand early, this class that we've been talking about, it's, it's really deep, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's a really deep class. But I kind of feel like it's it's you're talking about tight end six through tight end fourteen. Where if I have pick one six and I have pick one twelve, like I don't know if I'm like freaking out about that. Like I'm I feel like I'm okay mm-hmm. there. Now after the NFL draft, we get through this. Of course, one six and one twelve are pretty drastic because you're talking about like you know Quentin Johnson and like you know Zach Charbonnet. Um, so. But what I'm you know what, the the feeling I came with, even if I have one two or no, okay not one two. Like one three, one four, right around there. Like I, I would be looking to see if there's any way I could trade back into the first and get somebody's twenty four first and be okay to go to like one eight and miss out on possibly one of these quarterbacks, make my team a little bit worse and pick up um, another quality player like Zay Flowers or whatnot and then get into that twenty four class because outside of Bijan, outside of Jameer Gibbs, outside of Jackson Smith and Jigba. There's nobody I'm I, at, at this early in the process, at least that's like standing out to me going, this guy's mm-hmm. a stud, right? Like I'm really happy with him. where there's already probably at least off the top of my head, four or five guys next year that I already feel that way about. Sure. So it's just, a, you know, 24 and every year's a, a year where I have draft classes, but I wouldn't be surprised if 24 ends up being better than 23. I think we got a little carried away with all the depth here. I, I think, I think th- the thing that has always been the driver of this class has been the running back class. And so anytime there's a good running back class, because teams always sorely need that position. I think that's, what's been a driver of that. Um, Whereas next year there are some running backs, but there's not as many running backs as this year, but it might be a much more complete class. But even, even that being said, there's upside at receiver. There's a lot of tight ends that are, that are solid plays. This is a really good tight end class. Yeah. So I think it'll be okay, but, but I understand you saying like it maybe might not quite live up to the hype. I still and, think it's a very good class. Though. And, and I'm, I'm not saying this is a bad class whatsoever. I don't mean that in that way. Oh, very just, good class. There's, there's, it has a lot of depth, like two, you'll see in our second round, like how many players I, I was like, man, I'm excited for the third round of this class. Yeah. Like by the time we finished the second round, I was like, there's still a lot of players I want on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there's a, there, I will put a, a caveat as well. <laughs> Dalton Kincaid of Utah was not in our mock draft. We have it up to four rounds. And I, ha- I find that hard to believe. I feel like he will be drafted in the 
four, per first four rounds, 100%. He's a tight end I really like, so he doesn't get selected in our mock draft. But Dalton Kincaid, somebody I really like. Um, and there, There's a uh, couple other players that I think you know are a little bit higher or a little bit lower than I would have expected. This is just kind of a composite. And you also notice that with some of the landing spot, there's some repetitive landing spots um, just because it's a conglomeration of a lot of different drafts put together. And that was the most common team picked. So right. you'll see, you'll see some like repeats of like Houston and the Buccaneers and the Panthers. And there's some teams that you'll see like multiple times, even taking the same positions. Right. Right. No, it was a tight end, I think uh, for the Bengals and a tight end for, for the Packers, which I think speaks to the fact that we all, you know, that the, the masses out there think they need that position. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think, you know, it makes sense that they would pick one, but right. This was a conglomeration. Uh, you know, they put together a whole bunch of mock drafts and, and kind of took the average of where these guys landed. So that's, that's how it. this mock draft was formed. It was a whole right. bunch of mock drafts and they took the average high in whatever team they went to. So don't come yelling at us. We say they already took a running back. Why would they take another running right. back? Like, and this is just, we a, didn't choose this, right? This is just an exercise for us to kind of, Hey, if this happens, right. And make this kind of a more interesting <clears throat> process. So let's dive into it. I have one, one in a super flex draft where normally I constantly preach, go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Not this year. Uh, this is a pretty easy selection for me. He ends up going in this mock draft 119 overall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's B. John Robinson, running back out of Texas, six foot, 220 pounds. Uh, you know, coming off of another monster year, we had 15, 75 rushing, 18 touchdowns. So, you know, three, 19 reception, 314 yards, two touchdowns there. This, guys, this is somebody who's just a freak, right? This, this is somebody who. It's probably one of the most talented running backs we've seen come, seen come out of college probably since Saquon. Yep. And he's coming from Texas, which is, we know Texas is a powerhouse state, six foot, 220 pounds. And he is the prototype size and build that you want out of an NFL running back with his athletics. Like all his traits are just what you Premier. exactly yep. look for. And he's fast. I mean, this is somebody who can probably clock in at around the four quarters. Uh, 440 flat almost even in the 40 yard dash. And that's that's We don't even know how high he's going to jump, how much his broad jump is going to be any of that, but he consistently consistently makes defenders look silly mm-hmm. out there when it comes to being a, a running back at the next level. Robinson, he's, he's really good in the run game. He see good at the line of scrimmage blocks, sets up defenders, catches the ball extremely well. This is somebody who ran a full route tree. At Texas, I mean, he'd be downfield 30 yards at times. And still, the way for a, a running back of his size, the way he can move laterally so quickly and make these defenders look foolish, it, it's outrageous. Yeah, it, no, and, and I mean, did you mention that the, the pass catching ability as well? I mean, and, and that's like where I, I see him standing out and being an excellent, you know, three down back is, is they can use him in the passing game. They could probably split him out wide and have him run some routes. He looks that natural. And that could, I mean, he still looks like a running back because he's 220 pounds and, and, you know, around six foot, maybe, maybe a little bit a hair under. Um, and he's stocky, you know what I mean? He's a stocky, stocky little guy. He was running wheel routes 30 yards downfield. Right. And he was elevating. Uh, you said, we don't know what his vertical is. I, I it's enough. I, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen it on tape. He, he, he can get up there, man. So, um, yeah, B. John Robinson, special, uh, talent, obviously, and a uh, special athlete. So it, it's, he, he, sh- he should be going. <laughs> One or two, depending on landing spot for some of these quarterbacks and kind of need. 
um, at the position for whoever's drafting number one. One of my favorite stats every year for any running back, because I feel like this tends to be uh, something that if, if, if I wanted to pick one stat to kind of tell me, like, is this guy a stud running back or not? It's force missed tackles. Bijan Robinson led all of college football in force missed tackles with over 100 this season. He had 104 yep. force missed tackles. So just a, a, a really good athlete, really good player, a guy that has the pedigree all the way from high school to now. And we're expecting him to be first round, maybe even like top half of the first round, which we don't see as much anymore for running backs. Like he's the total package. And where the dynasty gold comes in effect as well as he's a three down back, right? Like he excels in pass protection. Mm-hmm. So he's a real smart football player too. You know, I've said this podcast, him coming to league, he'll probably be my dynasty running back one overall in my rankings to start the 2023 season. He's that special. I've only done that a couple of times with rookie running back coming Rookie running backs coming in. There's right. been like guys like Saquon and Zeke, Zeke. Elliott, but that's really mm-hmm. about it for me since uh, we started doing a podcast where these young guys come in and our dynasty running back one overall. And if you ask the question, why are they dynasty running back one overall? And what makes a player like B. John Robinson special after you see guys like Saquon having a year he had and Jonathan Taylor likely to bounce back after that the other year he had. And Josh Jacobs had a monster year. Mm-hmm. The Austin Ecklers or the Kenneth Walkers or Devontae Williams because when it comes to the running back, every year matters. Every single year matters. So anytime you get a bonus year uh, out of a running back, and definitely one that was born in 2002, which is what Bijan was. You know, his, his, his birthday is coming up here in a couple of days where he'll be 21. Yeah. On the 30th. So that matters. Like every season matters because if you miss one season, when the average lifespan of a running back is, you know, four years for a, a decent one, mm-hmm. that's 25% of their production overall. And that's just too valuable to throw out the window for the, for a running back. And Bijan's the kind of player where he'll probably be an outlier and he's okay into a second contract, but you're going to get being a first round pick five years out of him before he signs a second contract. And at that point, having him on your dynasty team is almost a lifetime when he signs that second contract, he'll have still hold probably just as much value as he does the day he's drafted by the time he signs that second contract. So this is a player that you can invest in, get immediate returns right away to help you propel you to championship level, level caliber dynasty team. And we already mentioned how you should probably try and trade out of this pick at 1-1 for the right haul for Bijan. Mm-hmm. But he's also going to be able to get you a really good return for running backs plus when you're already at that championship caliber level. He's just a... He's just a fantastic investment for your dynasty team. So that's why he's my pick at 1-1. One, one. All right. I was up at 1-2, and I knew for sure I was going quarterback here. Uh, I had no doubt about that, even though you know I really like Gibbs and, and Jigba and all that stuff. I, I, I knew I was going quarterback here. The, the tricky part was deciding which quarterback I wanted to go with. You know, there's there's two kind of main guys that we've been talking about for a long time. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Will Levis has kind of entered that picture as well. And even, you know, there's some that would make an argument for Anthony Richardson just with his freakish athletic ability and, and some of the things that he can do. But he's going to be one, and, and Levis too, are going to be guys that we're really going to need to see, like, where is the draft capital? Because... We saw that last year with Malik Willis, where, you know, we really thought first round pick. I was in a startup with a guy, uh, a guy that I really respect and has a lot of good knowledge, but he took him in the second round of a startup, like overall. Wow. Yeah. So we, we got to be careful with some of these quarterbacks if we're not confident. So I'm very confident that CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are both going to go very, very high in this draft. For me, it actually 
kind of the tiebreaker because I have them neck and neck. Tiebreaker for me was in this mock, we had Bryce Young going to the Texans, which is a just a tough place to go right now. There's just they're completely devoid of talent outside of like Laramie Tunzel because uh, we don't expect Cooks back there. And the next best guy, I guess, on the offense is Pierce. Damian Pierce. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so I went with CJ Stroud, uh, at one Oh two, a little bit safer. Uh, I also liked the Colts landing spot a little bit better than I liked the Houston Texans landing spot. There's at least a bona fide guy to throw the ball to in, in Michael Pittman jr. The line needs some work, but it's still a solid unit. You have Jonathan Taylor back in the backfield. So it felt like there was a little more to work with, uh, there and CJ Stroud is for, for the things that he lacks and he's not a fantastic athlete but he is one of the most accurate passers, especially when given time. Uh, he, he does not, he almost never misses if he's got time in the pocket. Um, he's got to work a little bit on pressure, which most rookies do, uh, dealing with pressure and things like that. But I feel like it's a safe pick. I feel like he's going to be a productive quarterback for a good amount of time. There's more. There's better ceiling plays, but I just really didn't want to miss here. I felt like Stroud to the Colts made a lot of sense. Yeah, for these quarterbacks, we've been saying it uh, more and more as the years go by. And Jared Wackerly, uh, one of our partners, our producers, he, he, says it, he said it best on Twitter. You know, it's so hard to predict these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It really is because so much of it is mental, not their attributes. And for me, it's just kind of I've rolled into his theory as well where, you know, I'm just going to let the NFL draft kind of dictate where I rank these guys, you know, anybody for me in a super flex draft, if you get first round draft capital outside of an outlier, like Bijan Robinson, I'm taking you Mm -hmm. with my first pick as soon as possible. And sometimes that can work out. Sometimes it it won't work out. If you get like a Josh Rosen, right. But Mm -hmm. like, you know, you get laughed at people laughed at the time when we said, you got to take Justin Herbert third overall. And people were like, Oh yeah, bad pick out of you guys. And now Justin Herbert's a top five startup player. Mm-hmm. People said the same thing about Daniel Jones and yep. Daniel Jones was a quarterback one this year. And he's been, you know, again, uh, quarterback 15 is still a top 60, top 50 overall fantasy football scorer. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson could be in that, that line as well. So for me, any of these quarterbacks that get drafted in the first round, I'm pretty much taking him here with my first pick after B. John Robinson. And I want to see where Jameer Gibbs goes, like definitely where he lands in this mock draft. Mm-hmm. I could probably be okay taking Jameer Gibbs ahead of a quarterback I take later. I'd be okay with that pick. For the most part, it's good for me, it's going quarterback, 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 because I'm willing to swing at that fastball all day. Because mm-hmm. if I hit it, it's going out of the park. And it's going to really propel me to championship caliber play, uh, team. But not only that, you get to remember – it's not just about your team. Like if you need so much more, you can get an instant return. They they're insulated. They hold value, right? Cause if they have first round pick, you know, even like a guy like Zach Wilson going this year, he didn't drop value. Like if you wanted to trade him, they're, they're insulated picks. These quarterbacks uninsulated picks are these receivers and running backs that when they go out there and they play in the field and they have, a, they don't do as well. Then their, their price drops pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. A first-round quarterback will still hold well, value hold in your Superflex yep. League. So if you don't even feel that good about it, you want to get out, you can get a 24 first, a decent pick in second probably for that quarterback. So they're insulated prospects. And if they do pan out, say you drafted Trevor Lawrence and you drafted Justin Fields and then you drafted um, 
Brock Purdy, and you got somebody else, and you have four quarterbacks. Well, maybe I don't need this guy. Yeah, you still need him because now you're in position to sell one of these quarterbacks. And if a quarterback hits, you can that enters you into the conversation of Justin Jefferson, the best player Jamar at, Chank, at a position, Jonathan yeah. Taylor. Yep. Like at the time where Justin Fields was just you know playing okay, you know if you offer the Jonathan Taylor owner, hey, I'll give you Justin Fields for Jonathan Taylor, they're gonna laugh you out the park. Now, if you want Jonathan Taylor, you're getting Jonathan Taylor plus for Justin Fields. Right. That quickly, in six months, how much it could change. They're that kind of players. They set you up to get the assets that you need, and you no longer have to guess for the rookie draft. Let the other teams do the guessing for you. Because, listen, all these picks are, are risk, right? Even as solid as Bijan is, he's a risk, mm-hmm. right? Saquon coming out was unbelievable. Running back one overall his rookie year, and then it took him... Three more years, we can be running back one again. We don't know what's going to happen. Jonathan Taylor, one really good year, one bad year. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. So everything's a risk. And if you're playing in a, a league where you could start two quarterbacks, the best risk to take will be a C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. Matt, you're up. All right. So, yep. Yeah, uh, my next pick, uh, I did go along the same lines uh, as kind of your thought there. I went Bryce Young. You know, it was, it was, for me, it was between him and, and, and Will Levi's. <laughs> for the record, he knows that's not how he pronounces it. He just wants to. I just want to. I'm wearing Levi's and it's spelled the same. So I'm, <laughs> I'm calling him Will Levi's from now on. No. Anyway, Will, Will Levis. Um, I'm just going to go with the pedigree on this one. I haven't dug into the Will. Uh, Oh, I can't get Levi's out of my Levis. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't dug into the tape enough on Will Levis to put him above Bryce Young quite yet. Um, but, you know, there's some concerning things about Bryce Young. He's he's listed at six foot, 194 pounds. I'd be very surprised if he was six foot, 194 pounds yeah. um, when all is said and done. And, you know, he, he's not like this great athlete that's going to get you a bunch of rushing yards or anything. He had 185 rushing yards last year. So, I mean, it was nothing to write home about. That's not like his game. So to be a smaller quarterback in the NFL that, that really doesn't offer much rushing upside, it's going to be a, I think a long road to hoe for him to, to be successful in the NFL, just finding lanes where he can throw at what I suspect to be closer to a five foot 10 than six foot. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's just going to be hard. So it's not enough where I'm discounting him completely and not taking him third overall in a super flex mock draft this early, but it's, it's a concern that I'm going to be carrying along this whole process. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm watching tape, it, he's almost going to have to defy the odds for me and do special things all, all, every step along the way for me to kind of keep him here. I think, mm-hmm. um, because you know, 32 touchdowns, five interceptions, 3,000, you know, 328 yards, all good numbers, but they're also not like eye popping 64% of the, you know, pass uh, completion percentage. Good, but not great. You know what I mean? And, and for a guy that's six foot or sub six foot, I almost want everything else to be great. So we'll see if he, he maintains this throughout the process for me. But for now, Bryce Young to the Texans, like you had mentioned, um, at one, it, two, it, it, at one, two, no less is my pick here at 1.03 in a super flex mock. Yeah. He scares me as well, Matt, uh, just because of his size. I can't wait to see these combine numbers really come in. Cause I mean, if he's at five ten, I'm having a real hard time, even if he goes one, two, 
like putting him on my dynasty roster because you said find these throwing lanes. We've seen these influx of smaller quarterbacks come through, uh, get high uh, pick Kyler Murray. Everybody's down on Kyler right now. And his size has affected him. It's but he has produced injuries. for fantasy though. He has, but his legs more than a superior anything. athlete though. He and, is and wins in different ways. But I think, but I think Bryce Young's a superior thrower. He's a super accurate. Um, and so for me, I'm not like strong, like yes, Bryce Young, but I'm not strong. No Bryce Young either. I'm going to let, I'm going to let the process play out. I want to see what happens. Um, the, the size, while it's not ideal, I don't think it scares me quite as much as it does. You guys, we've, we've seen a lot more younger court, uh, a younger, not younger, smaller quarterbacks come in, uh, recently. So the NFL, you, you want the size, but it's, it's not, it's not the end of the world. We still see Drew Brees did it for a, an entire career. Uh, Russell Wilson did it for up until this year, basically. Um, uh, so I, I, it's not it's not a death sentence to me. It's not a death sentence, and but I, but I stand by what I said. You know, being that being that size, I, th- I think he's going to have to kind of overcome a lot and and wow me in a lot of areas. And I haven't watched enough tape to be you know wowed or turned off. I want to see him in some right. some bad uh, bad spots and get out of them. And those are the kind of things I'll be looking at, see how he handles the, the pressure and just getting hit in general. Um, right. So I want to I see how he does with, with all that kind of stuff. All right, I'm next on the clock, and I'm at 1-4 uh, here, and I'm going to select Will Levis out of Kentucky. He gets drafted at 1-7 to the Raiders. So I really like the spot where he gets drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, having Devontae Adams there, hopefully Josh Jacobs gets back. But Will Levis... Quarterback out of Kentucky, six foot three, two hundred thirty-two pounds. I mean, he's a big, athletic guy. Uh, comes from a, a athletic background as well. His his grandfather played football at Cornell, and when you watch him, I mean, you see a big, athletic run. You know, quarterback. Somebody can get done with his legs. I mean, he had how many touchdowns did he have on the ground? He had, um, all, I think nine touchdowns on the ground as well as go with his twenty-four touchdowns and thirteen interceptions. Somebody who started at Penn State ended up transferring to Kentucky mm-hmm. because he wasn't playing at Penn State. And when he goes to Kentucky, that's when things really start to go really well for him. You know, let him, the Kentucky do a 10-win season, which is really impressive for Kentucky in itself. Right. Uh, that's a really big deal. Was setting records left and right at Kentucky as well. Just going out there, putting up really big numbers, 43 touchdowns, 5,233 passing yards, and 17-7. Uh, record overall. That's really good. And being at six foot three, 232 pounds, I mean, that's a big guy, right? Like right. twice the size as uh, Bryce Young almost. Twice, twice the so size. For Bryce. me, that, that he he's coming out. I mean, he's running a pro-style offense at Kentucky, which is also a really nice uh, mm-hmm. thing for him as well. So he gets to come in and hit the ground running. And of course, I mean, there's things, his accuracy is not as good as Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Sometimes he can make some bad decisions as well. But in the right situation, the right coaching, this is somebody who can come in and be an above average quarterback. Like he, from from the tape that I saw, like he's intriguing. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I watched every snap of CJ Stroud's career. And to me, CJ Stroud is. I come away a lot of times feeling like, am I watching Kirk Cousins? Like, is that what I'm watching here with CJ Stroud? Yeah. Where he's good and he's coming to be a slightly above average, but like, is he the quarterback that I really like get the highest ceiling from? Bryce Young, we mentioned his his accuracy, but his height that could be a huge detriment it in the NFL could. level. It yep. really can be. Um, I've seen that over the last couple of years as some of these guys come in the league. Will Levis to me offers 
you know, the two guys after here offer the most upside of all these quarterbacks that we're looking at. And For sure. If he's getting drafted top 10, which is probably going to be expected here, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if he gets drafted ahead of Bryce Young in the NFL draft. I would not be. But he's going to get the draft capital, and he's got everything that I see here on tape to be a high-caliber quarterback, right? He could be the next Justin Herbert, like he can, mm-hmm. and be the third quarterback taken and really elevate my team. This is somebody where if he does fall to 1-4 in his rookie draft, if it starts to play out this way, this way, I would be actively trying to trade up here, just like I was for the Justin Herbert uh, days and right. Daniel Jones. Yep. Yep. Daniel Jones and Justin Herbert are two players that were the third quarterbacks coming off the board that I was aggressively trying to trade up for in all my dynasty rookie drafts. And I was able to accomplish that uh, feat in a majority of them. Cause a lot of people like, Hey, I'll trade back because you're going to take the quarterback. And that means I can get Michael Mayer. I can get sure. Jo- Quinn whoever, Johnson. whoever I want. And a lot of, a lot of that happened. Something, right? And these people were so happy to get these receivers and running backs. And I was just so happy to get the quarterback. And here I am three, four years later, very happy sure. that I gave up minimum assets to move up here. So Will Levis, to me, whether it be the Raiders, the Texans, the Colts, or another team that trades up, uh, is going to be in a really good position because he's going to have the draft capital, nobody behind him, going to come in right away, and he's athletic enough to compete with C.J. Stroud. You mentioned Bryce Young's athleticism. He's somebody that's going to be sneaky athletic that's going to get you some work done on the ground that you didn't even realize they are going to get. Kind of like what Daniel Jones does, sure. where he's averaging 40 yards per game on the ground. So... Well, let, us, let, let me ask you this real quick, just out of curiosity. If you would have had 102 instead of 101, would you have taken Levis ahead of Stroud or Bryce Young or no? As it stands right now, no. But if Will Levis gets drafted ahead of them in the NFL draft, yes. Okay. I, as of right now, I would probably take Will Levis ahead of Bryce Young. Okay. If I had Matt's pick, I probably would have taken Will Levis because where Matt's concerns are, I have the concerns. And if I have concerns about any of these guys, the the it's kind of like the receiver, right? Like when I have a coin toss between the receiver, give me the guy who's six foot two, two hundred pounds compared to the guy that's five foot eight, sure. one ninety five. Sure. Same same thing. So if I get a bigger quarterback with a really strong arm and some athleticism, needs to have top ten draft capital. I'd rather just roll with that guy. Um, Will Levis nine touchdowns in twenty twenty one, just two this past year, and he had a, a negative hundred and seven yards rushing because they they count sacks against your rushing total. So not quite, I mean, not quite the athlete. I think, you know, it was, it was 2021. He had 376 yards rushing Mm -hmm. this past season. All of his numbers were down this season. It was, this past season wasn't that great. Somewhat of a disappointing season. Nine touchdowns rushing now. Last year. 2021. Yeah. Yep. In 2021. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he can do it. He's proven he can do it. He just, this past season was a bit of a down. down his, his, this past season was bad. And the numbers I was reading is 2,860 yards, 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions were off of the 21 tape as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's just somebody who who, who needs some good coaching. Sure. I, I agree with that. Yep. But to be fair, well, like we say that, though, like every one of these guys needs to come to the league needs good coaching. For sure. Every one of them does. So for sure, I don't think there is a there's not a Trevor Lawrence, there's not a Joe Burrow, right? There's not any of those prospects in and, this class, and that's what um, I don't know. It makes me a little bit nervous about this class, right? I mean, it's sure it's one of those things where, the, where we where, could be looking three years down the road, four years down the road, and we could be like, "Can you believe all the quarterbacks that were in this class? Such a good class!" Or we could be saying the complete opposite, like. What a dud! Like what, what, what a dud was of a that? Class. What was that third guy that got picked? Yeah, like, it's, uh, we don't want that. Really we don't want that Jake Locker here. 
Exactly. Christian Ponder, Christian Ponder. Jake Locker, well, they're all bad. bad. They all have the draft it's capital. Doo doo. Yep. But it, it's it's a risk. It's a it's a, it's a juice that's worth the squeeze. It is. It is worth the squeeze. Um, well, I pivoted from the position. I would be lying if I didn't say that Anthony Richardson crossed my mind. But f- I need to see for sure that he is a first round pick, and especially you know a top twenty pick. Right. Um, before I would draft him above but, Jameer Gibbs. But our back draft has him go. Anthony Richardson going one nine of the Panthers. Yeah. I. St- in this, it did, but I still need to see it. Okay. I, I still don't believe <laughs> yeah. it. Like, I, I need to see it for real. This is a mock draft yeah, here. But it's but not real. That's true. That's that's fair. In the mock, it did. Uh, but but I love I love Gibbs. Uh, I think he's such a fantastic player. Uh, I've mentioned it before. He reminds me of he reminds me of Jamal Charles. He does. He's got good acceleration, good top end speed. Works between the tackles better than you would think, and just a fantastic pass catcher. And then you put him with the in the first round. He's a first round pick in this. And he went to the Eagles, which if he's with the Eagles and he's with Jalen Hurts and he's with. I would almost be willing to take him above these quarterbacks with him on the Eagles. Almost. I thought about it. I I mean, I really would. And then like if you've been listening to the show for a while, that's hard for me to say when it comes to these quarterbacks. But that's how, like, you mentioned, Matt, like, how questionable these quarterbacks is. Absolutely. Like, Jameer Gibbs to me is, like... He's so safe. Him on the Eagles late first on any of these good teams, <laughs> he goes in the first. That's like, a five-year deal now. That's a home run threat at running back that's going to give you... If he's anywhere near Jamal Charles, you can go out and get the quarterback you want. Him and Hurts running the option together. Oof. Oof. Oh, oh giggity-goo. Yeah, so I, that... I, I was honestly kind of surprised... And, it's it's the right smart safe way to go is to take the quarterbacks. But I was really glad that you guys did because then it made it really easy for me to just say I'm I'm taking Gibbs here. I, I like Richardson's upside, but but Gibbs is and also I tend to especially if I'm in the top six, I really don't want to miss. And that's one thing that is really whole first round, but especially if it's a top six pick, I do not want to miss. And I really feel like. Gibbs is one of the most safe players in the class. I think it's taking away, it's stripping away a lot of the risk that, that you're getting from the quarterbacks. And it's adding a, a level of explosion. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's only so many guys that can do the, the stuff that he does, stop, start, and just quick mm-hmm. acceleration type of stuff. So Jameer Gibbs is a really nice pick right here. I, I really like it. And, and I think he's going to be a threat in the passing game as well. It's like PPR gold, man. I, I really yeah. I really do like the pick here. I wish, I wish, I wish he would have slid to me with the next pick. Um, you know, at one point, one point oh six, I I had my choice of do I do I go back to the quarterback or or do I do I pick the the best player I see on the board at wide receiver, and that's what I ended up doing. Jackson Smith and Jigba, pretty easy pick for me here. Um, again, speaking of, of of safe and stuff like that, but um, I love the landing spot as well in the mock draft. He went twenty first overall to the Chargers. Um, you know, obviously Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both uh, getting a little bit long in the tooth. Yeah. And, I, and I think, you know, Smith and Jigbo would be it would be the perfect place to learn from um, Keenan. Keenan Allen and just kind of slide right into that role. And 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 kind of a couple of years from now, it's it's in Smith and Jigba and, and Mike Williams. And then as Mike Williams ages out, it's a perfect timing for for Smith and Jigba to kind of come into his own and be like the number one guy there. Yeah, I was in the film room watching some Jackson Smith and Jigba tape from 21 uh, as well. When I was in, looking at some 21 tape, I was looking at some Will Levis 21 tape, seeing his numbers were better that year. Right. And going back to look at Jackson Smith and Jigba, like how good he was that 2021 season on the field with 
Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson. And he was the best receiver on the field. And if Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson come in and do what they did, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson just went in Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, Olave was easily in that conversation as well. Knowing how good Jackson Smith and Jigba was with those two on the field, and the fact that when they asked Olave and Garrett Wilson, "Hey, who's the best receiver in your team between you two? and they both they both said, "Neither of us. It's Jackson Smith and Jigba." Um, he does seem like a super safe prospect to the point of, like his floor is like a wide receiver too. Like that's his floor. And when I'm looking at safe players, like Garrett said, I want to come with a safe player. My three safest players in this draft are Jameer Gibbs, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and B. John Robinson. Mm-hmm. Outside of that right now, and like you said before, Michael Mayer, he seems pretty safe as well. So I'll, I'll throw him in that, that class as well, even though tight ends dip a little bit. Like there's four players I could say right now that I would give my stamp of, of approval. Like, oh, these guys are almost bulletproof. Like mm-hmm. I feel like give them is a home run threat. And in a Superflex League, some of these guys are going to get bumped out. And can you get up to get them is going to be the case. Like, right. you know, what's nice is if you need a running back so bad and a guy like Jameer Gibbs falls to five, that's an obtainable pick. Yep. And what do you do to get there? That's a question. And what do you have to give up? Because for a guy like him, it might be worth it. And same thing can be said with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned that you're watching Jackson Smith and Jigba in the film room because we actually just launched a huge update. Uh, and look at look at some of the names in here. Anthony Richardson, B. John Robinson, Bryce Young, Deuce Vaughn, uh, Jordan Addison, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Quentin Johnston, like all of these guys, Sean Tucker, Zach Charbonnet, like the biggest names in this class. And these are just the ones that we just recently added. Like these, we have literally anybody that you want, anybody you're looking for, there's like two or three guys that we're still looking for all 22 tape on. But even those guys, we have like standard games of them, the, the broadcast view, but we're, we're a little bougie here. We, we like our all 22. You get all the views, all the angles, especially for these running backs. It's, oh yeah. It's so great for being able to tell their vision and what blocking schemes going on and all that kind of stuff. So absolutely make sure if, if you have not signed up for the nerd herd, this alone, the film room before the rookie draft, even if you're like, I only want to do it up until the draft. Fine. Just do it up until the rookie draft. But the amount of tape that you get to watch is just absolutely phenomenal. So right now, um, use code film 15 for 15% off your membership film 15. Um, and we're even going to use this as like the sleeper buy of the week. You need to buy the nerd herd to get the film. So that nice. way you can get in the film room, watch Bijan, watch Charbonnet, watch a chain, watch Bigsby, watch all these guys and enjoy yourself on every single poop break you have from now until Bay. Cause they're all, they're all the buy of the week. They're every one of these rookies the buy of the week, every single one of them. That's right. So I'm on a clock or you're on a clock. Am I on a clock? You're on the clock. I'm on the clock. So I'm on a clock at one Oh seven. And to me, this was the easiest pick I've had in a draft. And you mentioned before, if I knew this player was getting first round pedigree, mm-hmm. then I would have been over him. And for me in this mock draft, he goes one nine to the, chart, yep. the Panthers and that's Anthony Richardson. And Garrett's right. You know, if Richardson slips the second round or later, then maybe he slides out here, but I still look at like one six right here as his floor or mm-hmm. um, one seven as his floor for me pretty much. Because when I watch um, tape on Anthony Richardson, this kid is salvating, right? He is so intriguing because the upside 
is he's a number one player in this draft. That's his upside. Yep. Six foot four, 236 pounds. And if you give me first round pedigree, especially top 15, mm-hmm. then you're considering him over Jameer Gibbs and Quit Jackson Smith and Jigba because Absolutely. that's what he offers. I mean, this guy has a size, the strength. His arm is a cannon. He's, and he can move. He can run. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can see him kind of progress like Jalen Hurts did mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL or even like Justin Fields is like kind of moving around. Josh Allen, yeah. His upside is that, right? He's He brings that athletic ability in a run game that makes him a top five overall fantasy football player because he, he's getting it done with his legs. And his tape shows us some of his potential. I mean, he scrambles a ton, um, but he's not just a runner because his arm is so strong. And, and there's some games you watch him, he looks terrible. And there's other games you watch him, he looks like he should be winning Heisman trophies out there. And sometimes you see it in the same game. <laughs> in the same game. It, I mean, this is somebody, when he comes in, I mean, for Florida, was at Florida. He had 2,549 yards, 17 touchdowns, 654 rushing yards, and nine rushing touchdowns. And this is an SEC. So this is all against the best teams possible that he was doing this with. So rocket arm, can flick the ball 60 yards downfield like it ain't no thing. Real shifty in the pocket as, as well, and then in the open field. The size and strength, so he's not really hard to, to take down. Um, so he's, he's got some real good uh, maneuverability there. He's not easy to take down. Not easy yeah. to take down. <laughs> right. But, I mean, his, his throw mechanics are off. His accuracy is not beautiful. Um, sometimes he gets a little flustered, like he's he, when things aren't going his way or the, or the reads that there that's not for him, he can get a little bit flustered and kind of slow things down for him where he should be getting rid of the ball and save oh, he's holding on and trying to use athletic ability a little bit too much mm-hmm. as well. We'll have like five guys on him, and then he's trying to throw the ball downfield. But when you look at him, like you mentioned Josh Allen, right? Mm-hmm. Or like a Josh Allen, uh, a Ben Roethlisberger-esque kind of player. Somebody who's a big, strong quarterback that ain't coming down easy, that can get stuff done with his legs. And that's what Anthony Richardson does. I mean, after his first game of the season, we were talking like, me and Jared were texting like, this kid is might be the 1-1 in Superflex drafts this year over Bijan. Can you believe it? He looked that good in yeah, his first I game. Re- I remember that. So he needs to go somewhere where he can be developed into a really good football player. So if we went to the Panthers, like I want to know who the offensive coordinator is right. and who the head coach is because 100%. he needs to develop and become an NFL player. But I mean, if he gets top 10 pedigree, he's going to start pretty quickly there in mm-hmm. the Panthers. And guess what? If he's not ready, he's going to be running the ball a ton like Justin Fields was, <laughs> which is going to end up being a quarterback one alone. Mm-hmm. Right. And if we, we look for the Panthers to add another receiver to go with uh, DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall, this is going to be a really good spot for him, even the Panthers. He's really intriguing, high risk, but very high reward. Super high reward. So yep. for me, this was at 1-7, a very easy pick. And again, if I was at 110, 1-9, I'm dra- desperately trying to trade up here to get him to add onto my dynasty roster because of the upside he offers. And just one more quick thing. I mean, in the past, you know, in 2022 and 2021, his long runs were 81 yards this past year and 80 last year. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks can compile and get there from, you know, get to 600 yards, 20 yards, dinking and dunking, but he's breaking off big, long runs just to kind of show what kind of athlete he is. You don't see that very often. I I was cutting up the LSU game a couple weeks ago and, and literally like the first play of the game, he throws like a rocket just on a dime 
to the end zone, like 50-some-yard touchdown, 60-yard touchdown. Later in the game was that 81-yard run where he juked one guy out, broke another tackle with physicality, and then raced it. Like, and the it, deuce. I'm it's just, here. I yep. mean, but but then in the same game, he's got a five-year-old, like five-yard just dump off into the end zone, and he throws it a yard and a half behind the guy and, like, at his feet. So it's like, yeah, man, if he could clean, if he could clean everything up, if he could become consistent – which is easier said than done. It sure. is. But if he can do that, I mean, we are, we're, we're talking about an elite dynasty asset. A player that I'm, I look, I want to try and find a way to come away with in my drafts somehow, some way in multiple Superflex leagues, because that juice looks delicious. And he's a guy that could slide depending on Good. just people's appetite for that kind of polarizing player right i mean so in super flex drafts he's a guy that could be hanging around now or even later in the first round depending on how your your drafts go so you know it's it's the, the ultimate home run swing and we'll see if we you know if he makes contact or or it's a strikeout that's kind of it'll be where he gets drafted go. really yep. i mean that's going to determine like if he get if he goes here to one nine he'll probably go right around here if not higher in your super flex draft for sure if he falls out into the late 20s late first then he's going to slip in your rookie draft because people are going to want quentin johnson they're going to want these running backs they're going to want the tight end so It'd be real interesting. He's what I got my eyes on for the Senegal draft to see where he ends up. And I can't wait to see his combine as well and see how he works um, there. Speaking of Quentin Johnston, uh, I took him here at 108. Uh, in the mock, he went 112 to the Texans. Um, so that would be pairing him up with Bryce Young. Right. And he gets he gets to stay home. He's, he played at TCU. He's getting to stay in his home state, uh, which, is, which is always nice for guys. And what it what it will come down to honestly is one that's great draft capital for a wide receiver mm-hmm. top 15 is awesome uh on top of that he has the physical attributes that you're looking for he's got the size he's got the speed he's got like he's got those things so that's that's another box checked and then if he goes to the texans i get it it's not the ideal landing spot it's not like this established quarterback and they're just missing that what like but there's really no one else to catch the football. Right. Like at yeah. this point, he will be absolutely fed. Tar- if this is the scenario, Cooks is gone. Cooks is almost for sure gone. Uh, really, the only guy left of any note is Nico Collins, who has shown flashes but has never put it together. I think he's more suited as a big play wide receiver three. Yep. Um, but they need some more consistency. I think Johnston can be that guy. So uh, I love getting. You know, wide receivers with good draft capital, they they usually pan out. And is even though I love this running back class, with the way this draft worked out, a lot of these guys fell to the second, third, even fourth rounds. And if that is the case, which might be, might not be, we don't know. Sure, I'm gonna, I am gonna take the first round pedigree wide receiver yeah, over the second, third, fourth round running backs. What well, depends how high in the second round these running backs go? Sure, um, but I agree and. I mean, when it comes to Quentin Johnson and Texans, like I'd be, I'd be somewhat surprised from what I've seen. If I'm the Texans, I'm taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like I think a Texans good uh, draft would be take uh, C.J. Stroud at two, mm-hmm. and then pair him up with Jackson Smith and Jigba at twelve. But the two players I've seen the most in all the mock drafts I read, and I read everyone I can get my hands on, is Quinn Johnson to the Texans and Michael Mayer to the Packers. Like those are the two ones I see consistently in every mock draft I see. So I'd be interested in that how how it pans out. All right, uh, I guess nice leading. Uh, One point oh nine. Uh, I'm going to take Michael Mayer there. 
Um, in the mock draft, he went 15th overall to the Packers. Um, and obviously this is, this is a need based type of thing. And, and just the fact that, um, Aaron Rodgers, if he's going to be coming back or not. Yeah. If uh, it's definitely a question at this point, regardless, they need more weapons for whomever is going to be quarterback there. Right. I mean, last year it was Christian Watson towards the end of the season that really came on Romeo dubs, I think was a nice story at the beginning of the year. Who knows if he's going to be consistent enough week in and week out to be somebody that they that's like a, is a contributor or is like a more like a Marquez Valdez Scantlin type of guy that kind sure. of just pops up and does amazing things here and there. Um, but Michael Mayer for all intents and purposes, steady Eddie type of guy led mm-hmm. the, led the, um, Notre Dame in receiving last year, uh, a little over 800 yards. And you know, he has the prototypical size, six foot four, 265 pounds. He's going to be able to operate in the running game and he's going to be able to go out and catch passes. He's, he's like a nice dual threat type of guy. He's very solid. I don't think he's ever going to be Travis Kelsey. Sure. Um, but I, I do think he can be a volume type of guy. And depending on who is the quarterback I, I, of the future, we think it might, you know, you know, Aaron Rodgers might come back. It, you know, he doesn't necessarily love the tight ends, but I, that, that, that clock is ticking. You know what I mean? Like, even if he comes back next year, who knows if it's, you know, two or three years from now when Michael Mayer is like really coming into his own, who the quarterback is going to be. Cause it, it, if Aaron Rodgers comes back it, Jordan Love might be gone also. You know what I mean? So it right. might be somebody it's that... It's hard to imagine them both being there next year. It, exactly. So it, it's it's one of those things in two or three years, it's going to be somebody different, most likely, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so um, Michael Mayer, I, it, at this point, I'm willing to take the gamble, especially in tight end premium. I mm-hmm. think he's the best tight end on the board, and, and I'm going to go for it. All right. I'm up with my last pick in the first round at 110, and... This was a pick that, to me, came away pretty easily. And I took Zach Charbonnet out Mm -hmm. of UCLA. He went 220 in our mock draft to the Dolphins. And that's huge for me. That's huge. Because one, I really like the player. Yep. But I'm going to say this now. Whatever running back goes to the Dolphins in the first three rounds is getting a massive bump to my eyes. Because I love Mike Mike McDaniel's scheme when it comes to fantasy football running backs and running backs overall. And the fact that you're going to have two of there with two really good running backs to really open up that middle, um, this would actually be a really good fit for a guy like Zach Charbonnet with the Miami Dolphins. Six foot one, 200 pounds. The guy's a bruiser. Uh, If you all remember, he started his career at Michigan with split Mm -hmm. uh, carries with uh, Haskins. He did okay there. He's bigger than 200. You you list him 200. 220. He's like 220. 220. Yep. Yeah. Um, I said 220. He got picked 220 for the Dolphins. Gotcha. Um, and he split down with Hassan Hackens before he transferred to UCLA. And at UCLA, he came in right away and looked really good. 202 Fantastic. carries, 1,137 yards. He averaged 5.6 per yards per carry. But they came in that first year at UCLA at 24 catches, 197 yards. So it's some good hands there for a big back. Did even better the following year in 2022 when he ran for over 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns, averaged 7 yards per carry, but he had 37 catches for 321 yards. So he really shows that he's very viable in the passing game. So for me, this is a bigger smash mouth running back who's got some really good feet, um, mm-hmm. could be a little elusive in the passing game, was somebody who you, you didn't really fumble the ball ever, was, was safe there. His pass protection grayed out really low. Um, he got worse at pass protection as, as, as the more he played, which is kind of weird. Yep. So that kind of hurt him a little bit. But this is a guy is a bruiser, hard-nosed runner who, who's going to get in there and get those tough yards. And if you put him on the Dolphins, which is why I have him here now in this mock mm-hmm. draft, 
you're talking about a high-end running back two potential to running back one. Definitely for a running back like him who you get him inside the red zone, definitely around the five, he can pound that ball into the end zone for the Miami Dolphins. So I already liked the player. I think I took him in our last way too early mock draft as well in the first round. Yep, right around the same but spot. if you put him here on the Dolphins, this is right. I mean, I feel like everybody ahead of him is valid there. Mm-hmm. But if he goes in the second round to the Miami Dolphins, you're talking about Zach Charbonnet getting a massive bump, and his validity can go up to high as like 1-4, 1-5, right in that, there well, in a super flex mock draft. And the nice part, too, is it's not just the landing spot. Yes, that's a juicy spot. Running back to the Dolphins is going to be awesome. But he's a legitimate player. Like, yeah. he's he's a legitimate athlete. He's, he's won everywhere he's gone. I was surprised he didn't declare last year. Uh, he was really within the first few backs that people were talking about. Uh, we did tape prep on him last yeah. year. I remember it. Yeah. You know, and, and then he decided to go back to school. And it was it was a bit of a surprise, especially knowing that this was a stronger running back class. But this isn't this isn't like shocking to me that he's being mocked in the second round. I think there is a real chance that he could be a second round running back. Uh, he won't go on day one, um, but day two. For sure. He's going on day two somewhere, either in the second, second or third, third round. Yep. Um, and and this is a great spot. All right. Uh, for me, I'm at 111 here. And this pick kind of felt like Jahan Dotson last year. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Matt, Matt messaged me after this. He's like, Garrett, there were like five times that yeah. you sniped me. I'm guessing this is one of them based on the, the look on your face here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ended up taking Jordan Addison. Uh, Jordan Addison was originally at Pitt. He transferred to USC. He was fantastic everywhere he went. Uh, A little bit of an undersized player, but just gets things done, does things the right way. He went in the mock as pick 114. So if you're telling me that there's a guy that you can get that was a top 15 pick in the NFL draft. To the New England Patriots. And that's why he got that's why he slipped. Pushed down. Yep. Same thing that happened to John Dotson last year. People saw they went to the commanders and they're like, eh. and then guys that were drafted behind him all leapfrogged him and people were taking, you know, Christian Watson and you know, all these different guys ahead of him. And it, I think I think you look at the player, he's a legit player. You look at the situation, yes, the Patriots are not traditionally known for drafting wide receivers, but they're in desperate need of them. No, they are. They do. They're, they're known for drafting them, just they, not well. There we go. Thank yes. you very much. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, I was happy that he was still here. I He's another one of these guys that I feel like is going to fit in the mold of players that I tend to like. Um, not far off from an Amon Ra type guy. And, you know, just does a smooth. lot of things smooth the right way. I, I expect yeah. there to be a turnaround in this offense as well with the hiring of Bill O'Brien. I mean, he's yep. a guy that knows their system and knows a lot of these college players. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been either scouting to get them to go to Alabama or, mm-hmm. you know, coaching against them for the net last, you know, two or three years. So I think he's going to have a very good bead on players. And I'll be very interested to see kind of who they pick on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel like that's going to be more of a hand-picked thing from Bill O'Brien. With Jacoby Myers being yeah. a free agent, I mean, somebody could come, like somebody like right here, Jordan Edson, come immediately step in and be the number one guy in targets, come away with 100, you know, 103 receptions for 1,000 yards and yep. five touchdowns his rookie year. Yep. And say what you will about Bill O'Brien, the general manager. 
because he was not, really, not good really, at that. really, really bad at that. He is a good coach. Yes, and, and he's. I think he is going to turn around that offense. It, it, he did. I mean, he turned around the Houston Texans. Right. They, they were they were a good team. Right. He just made some really bad trades. Very bad trades. <laughs> and draft picks. He's so he's not the best, but he's a good coach, and I think he's going to turn that offense around. So the landing spot, while it looks bad and almost feels a little dirty, it, it's very good capital, and I think that offense is headed in the right direction. Um, which brings me to the last pick of the first round, and um, with this, uh, you know, I I kind of going up and down the board trying to see who stood out, and Jalen Hyatt. I picked him in the first way too early mock draft and I, you know, yeah, what do I know? I was like, yeah, he's not going to like the late second of the NFL draft. And, and, and here he is. He got picked 25th in the first round and he's going to the giants. And this is a guy that brings a little bit more size than the other guys on the team. He's six foot, 180 pounds. Um, so he's not really stockier, but a little bit taller, taller than the other guys. And watching this guy's tape, I finally got a chance to actually look at it before, before this. he has got a, another gear. He's running away from Alabama defenders. You know what I mean? Like that's another gear. Um, so as long as that kind of stuff translates to the NFL, which I don't see why it wouldn't like, he's going to at least at the very, very least be able to break some big plays. Does he need some refinement? Absolutely. This guy that won the Blitnikoff award. I mean, mm-hmm. so th- there's some stuff, there's some tools there to work with. I'm interested to dig in a little bit more to see if I, if he's anything more than just a deep threat, but for right now with this draft capital going to the giants mm-hmm. and just knowing that he's got filthy speed, I'm going to take him here in the, he, the last pick of the first. He round. helped put Alabama on the ropes. And when you were talking about like walk, going back and watch Bryce uh, young tape, like, Hey, where did he step up and come big time? That's probably a really good example of that game in first Tennessee. When Bryce young did step up and bring that team back with literally seconds to spare to come out and be Tennessee uh, where they're almost upset. Did they beat Tennessee? I, I, I thought, thought Tennessee ten- won. Yeah, I think Tennessee won that game. Yeah, Tennessee won. They did did they win that game? Uh, was that a game they lost? I'll, tr- I'll take a look. I think they, that's- Tennessee lost to Georgia, but I'm pretty sure they beat Alabama. Did they beat Bama? I think so. Oh, that's right. Because that's when they that's when they jumped up the rankings. Right. They were like the number three team in the country. That's why, okay. Why do I think that was the game that Bryce Young? Uh, he, he he did have a couple games where he brought he brought Alabama the back, brought from, back from. Uh, I thought it was Tennessee, but you're right. Cause that, that's the week that Tennessee all of a sudden jumped up real high. Yep. And then they got demolished then they got by Georgia. Destroyed by Georgia. Right. I had it mixed up. You're right. Sorry about that. Yeah. They, okay. they, it was a close game. 52 49. So it was, it was a close game. Yeah. Uh, Bryce uh, Young played well that game yep. at the end. I'm trying uh, to think of the game that Bryce Young came back and won at the end of it. Now, now I have to go back and see. There's an overtime. I feel like, overtime I feel like the college against, season was a lifetime ago. Overtime <laughs> win against Pitt. That was real early in the season. Okay. Never mind. Um, yeah. Well, he did beat Bama, so even better. I mean, how many even touchdowns did he have that game? Uh, five. Yeah, it was five. Yeah, okay. Had five I touchdowns. I do remember that. 207 yards, five touchdowns. Dude smokes, man. And that's, He's fast. That goes a long way with some some of these guys. And we've seen we've seen players like him have success. Um, well, we know, we, speed. we know that role works with the Giants, too. That was basically Darius Slayton. Right. You know, so Absolutely. and he's a free agent, so fit We're right into that agents. role, and he would crush. All right, that's it. That's our uh, episode. We'll be back next week with AFC buys. Yes. And then the free, sh- the Nerd Herd show will be sells. sells. Yep. The following week will be NFC sells, NFC buys. So we'll be yep. back next week talking about some AFC buys, some of our favorite uh, players we think you should be out buying for your dynasty team. We'll be back. Leave us a rating review if you enjoy the show. And of course, as we mentioned, use that com- code FILM15 to save yourself 15% off of 
Como the, codes. Uh, <laughs> comb over coves. <laughs> the film room. That's where I'm going to spend all my time for these next couple months is in the Dynasty Nerds film room. That's like it. Garrett meet, mentioned. Meet, meet us there. We'll be in the film room. We will be there. Hundreds and hundreds of hours of film. Like, like Garrett said, every poop. Every poop. <laughs> every bathroom break, that's what you're doing. That's why I literally spent all my time watching Jackson Smith and Jigbar. <laughs> so, um, we'll be back next week talking more Dynasty. Fantasy football? Adios. I want to see if it's the same. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>